Hello and welcome to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast, where we chat with some of our favorite creatives to inspire your own creativity and connect you to the global art community. I'm Sarah Barnes, an artist as well as a writer and editor with My Modern Met. When I first saw the paintings of my next guest, Elise Dodge, I was struck by how she transformed mountainous landscapes into a collection of polygons clad in these beautiful jewel-toned hues. Their edges looked so perfect that I wondered if she had painted them by hand or if they were done on the computer. Over the course of our interview, she shares a peek into her meticulous process, one she developed while working a full-time job as an art director. Now a full-time artist with a busy studio life, I wanted to know how Elise knew it was the right time to venture the career path as a self-sustaining artist. She'll give insights into how having another job primed her for running her own studio practice, particularly how it helps in the projects she takes on now. We'll also dive into the topic of work-life balance. This can be tough for everyone, but it's especially hard for parents, and in a pandemic, no less. Elise is the mom of a toddler with another on the way, and she shares her experiences in juggling motherhood and her career with some tips that have helped her. If you'd like to connect with Elise's art as we chat, make sure to click the link in the show description to see her work and follow along. Hey, Elise. Thank you for joining us from sunny Los Angeles. How are you doing today? Thank you. Um, yeah, it's a little less sunny than normal, but I'm doing really good. Um, today is a nanny day, so I've got my son being taken care of. So I get to have a full day in the studio and start with you. <laughs> awesome. Well, your work is this lovely combination that celebrates nature's beauty, and it combines it with motifs that we usually think of as being tied to digital art. Uh, like mountains, for instance, are converted into jewel tone polygons. But you know, the first time I ever saw your work, I wasn't without reading anything about it. I wasn't sure if you created it on the computer or it was hand painted uh, because those polygons look so perfect. Can you tell us a little bit about how you create your work? Definitely. Yeah. So um, I have always been really interested in the intersection between art and design. I really struggled right out of high school trying to decide which path to go down, whether I wanted to become a graphic designer or a fine artist. And ultimately, I ended up going down um, the graphic design route initially for my career. So I spent about seven years working on um, large-scale art installations and graphics um, for music festivals and conferences and that kind of thing. Um, and then on the side, I was always painting and doing commissions for friends or friends of friends. But through that process, I started thinking about how to kind of combine the two things that I was passionate about. And in my um, design side, I was doing a lot of these very minimal, modern, abstract graphic treatments for you know events. And then on my painting side, I was doing all of these you know, landscapes and water reflections. And then I just had this moment that kind of dawned on me and I thought, you know, mountains have a lot of shapes in them. So maybe there's an opportunity to, to merge those two. And then um, that kind of led to my design process, which I can talk about more, which um, usually does start on a computer. So typically mm -hmm. I find um, some inspiration images of different mountains um, and then I select a different color palette and then I actually take it into Illustrator and hand draw each shape of like looking for different polygonal sections. Um, and then once I've created that design, then I project it onto a canvas, hand draw the mountain portion onto the canvas. Um, and then it's a long <laughs> process of 
taping every angle, painting multiple times, you know, multiple coats. Yeah. Um, and slowly building it almost like you would in Photoshop from the, the back layer moving forward to the foreground. Wow, that's that's quite a process. <laughs> do you ever wish that you just kept it all digital or do you like sort of the challenge that comes from, you know, trying to get it perfect while you're doing it by hand? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So through that whole process and sharing, you know, that the process to getting to my completed paintings um, on Instagram and online, people were starting to comment a lot about my photo overlays. So I would find, you know, these beautiful photographs of different landscapes or, or clients would send me photographs that they'd taken of, you know, their favorite trips from different destinations. And then I would put these geometric treatments over top of the mountains. Mm -hmm. And people started like losing it and saying like, this is incredible. Like you have to actually sell the process work as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been interesting because by sharing my process, I started realizing that like the graphic illustrations that I was making on the computer were also art, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I actually did end up, I, I have kind of like three categories now of work um, depending on like budget for clients and that kind of thing, where I do actually sell, um, digital illustrations as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and even photo overlays. So sometimes I'll have landscape photographers reach out and say, Hey, could you do a really cool graphic treatment of the landscape and add on to it here? Mm -hmm. So I do actually sell those parts of the process, but the painting part is definitely much more time consuming. Mm -hmm. It's very precise work, which, um, funny enough is not, um, the thing that I naturally gravitate to when painting, mm -hmm. I'd always done very organic, um, freehand paintings up until that point. So it was a real challenge initially, but now I find it very methodical and kind of meditative actually in the process of painting those very precise lines. Yeah. I mean, you've done the hard work of on the computer, figuring out where it's all going to go and what colors it's going to be. So then, yeah, it's kind of this process of just making it happen, um, which mm -hmm. I could imagine would be very satisfying at the end because you've got sort of the recipe and then you're making, you're making the cake or, you know, whatever exactly. you want to call it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's turned out really well because um, I'm a working mom. So I have a young toddler and um, I found that actually having that process of having to wait in between dry times of, you know, like you do all of your blue triangles, paint them all first, mm -hmm. and then you have to wait for them to dry, do another coat. And so there's a lot of this, like, you know, 10 minutes of hard work and then half an hour of waiting. <laughs> and it worked out really well because I could multitask with my home studio and, you know, say, okay, I need 10 minutes. I just need to go do a quick color and then I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Before my painting style would not have worked as well with that. So, right. Um, can you talk a little bit about your how your career, your previous career working in design has helped you in what you're doing now? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I started off doing more of graphic design work myself and then kind of gradually worked my way up to more of an art director role. And that whole experience of like working on really large scale events as an art director where I'm, you know, working with different designers, actually hiring out a team of um, production coordinators and people to work on signage, working with different suppliers, um, even doing some of the client relations directly. All of that has been incredibly applicable to the work that I'm doing now. 
um, especially as like an entrepreneur who's learning how to run my own business and um, having to do a lot of outreach myself, a lot of customer relations, um, finding my own suppliers, all of that kind of thing. Um, it's been very helpful. But on top of that, it's also having the ability to visualize how my work could be applied on a very large scale. And then also having like the design chops to know how to kind of render that and make it easy for clients to understand, you know, like this is how the painting would look in your home. This is, you know, having those design skills to apply to my, my painting practice. And you've also done murals too. And I think that the last time we talked before this interview, you are from Canada originally, and there was a mural in Canada that you couldn't be there to produce. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So COVID and travel closures have presented an interesting challenge. Um, so being Canadian and having lived in Vancouver for the last 12 years, and then I moved to LA two years ago, got a, a taste of what it was like to be in California before pandemic hit. But during that time, I had gotten a lot of clients from Vancouver. And one of those was um, the company I was really excited to work with. I don't think I can tell you who they are at this point, but um, I got a mural project to work with them. And then we realized, you know what, I'm not going to be able to actually travel there in person. So what I did was I created a basically like massive paint by numbers and designed the illustration on Illustrator, went in manually select, you know, every single color, numbered it, and then had a basically a big, you know, legend to go with it that said, you know, these are the different paint samples. Mm -hmm. I have a really great list of artists that I work with in Vancouver, one in particular, his name's James Knight. Um, and he's helped me now with two murals. Um, and we just have a little system. So yeah, I'll give him the different colors and he'll do all of the aerosol treatments and everything like that. So it, it, it did end up working out and it helps, you know, again, having that kind of design experience and art direction experience definitely played a big role in that. Yeah, being able to visualize what it would look like and articulating that to someone else is really crucial um, as an art director. Yeah. You've said before, you don't consider yourself 100% an artist and 100% a designer. Mm -hmm. Do you find that those sorts of projects kind of feed into that idea of how you see yourself? For sure. Yeah, I think um, how I see myself and also it's a result of my paintings. It's been a pretty interesting, like, um, reflective season. And I've been having a lot of time to kind of think about, like, why why do I make geometric mountains? Why do I make these low poly um, mountains? Why was that the thing that stuck? You know, I had been doing a lot of different kinds of landscape paintings before. Um, and then I started to realize, like, I've always had that conflict, that inner conflict of wanting to be recognized as a designer, I, initially wanting to become an architect and wanting to have more of a design path. Um, and then recognizing this like artistic side of myself and not seeing that as a weakness or not seeing that as something that, um, you know, you always hear like, you can't be successful as an artist or those kinds of things. And I had, had all of those thoughts in my head. So it's trying to discourage my natural instinct as an artist. Mm -hmm. And so that conflict has always been a part of um, who I am. And I think it's in a way I used to see it as like a challenge, but now I've recognized that it's actually a strength. And I think that's a reflection in, in my work is that kind of harmony between these really hard edge abstract shapes, kind of masculine forms, and then these very feminine, organic painterly strokes, um, kind of merging together to create one image. 
So it's like the feminine and the masculine almost. <laughs> yeah, because that's something I, I didn't mention before, that you have these mountains that are really bold, crisp shapes, and then you've got the other areas like the trees or the water, they're very painterly. So it's this really nice dichotomy of, you know, hard and soft in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that like once I realized that that was a strength and not a weakness, I've started to recognize that that's actually a big reason why I get the audience and, and the diverse clients that I do, because I think there's something for everyone in my work where if you really appreciate very modern, minimal design, there's something in those paintings that kind of gravitates towards you. But if you love these like, you know, more like Monet, uh, Van Gogh, very like soft kind of whimsical paintings, there's also an element of that in there for you. And so I've ended up getting actually a lot of clients who are couples and they'll say, you know, this is the first painting that my husband and I have agreed on. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you look at it and there are two sort of distinct viewpoints, but you marry them with the color palette that you choose. And I mean, they look like one cohesive place. It's just, you've got this nice design element to it. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And before you got into being a full-time artist, like you've said, this was a side hustle for you. So can you kind of talk about that balance of starting this new creative path for you and balancing it with your full-time job? And how did you know when to take the leap to what you're doing now? Oh my goodness. It was definitely a journey. And I think people who are able to just take the leap right out of college, like it's To me, it's amazing. For me, that wasn't an option. You know, I was paying my own way through university and through rent and everything living, you know, out of home from the age of 17. So I didn't really have the option to just pursue whatever I wanted to do. It needed to be something that was lucrative, something that I could at least live off of. Mm -hmm. Um, So it did delay me taking that leap. But again, ultimately, the, the job that I had working in the events world and working as a graphic designer all of the skills that I learned <clears throat> were very applicable to what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but along that journey, um, I definitely had a few moments of like, you know, coming to terms and realizing like the thing that I really want to do is just create art. You know, I want to create these pieces that people get to have as a keepsake and to hand down to generations to come. And there's just something very permanent about that that I loved, which is very different from, you know, a lot of the graphic design work that I was doing. So I had a few commissions coming in over the year while I was working full time. So I would work on the, you know, the evenings and the weekends on paintings for, for friends or family or slowly, you know, clients would start coming through from that as well. And eventually um, I just got to a point where I realized I had enough work lined up that I couldn't really complete it all in time. There was about three months worth of work and I thought, you know what? I think this is the point. And I was actually about to go on maternity leave as well. And I thought, you know, I'll have so much free time on my hands. <laughs> Little did I know that um, not all babies sleep <laughs> a ton. <laughs> so yeah, I took the, the leap of faith in 2018. Um, and a part of that encouragement to do that was getting a lot of recognition from people that I really admired. Um, who were posting about my work. So one of them was the Jealous Curator. Mm-hmm. She has an amazing art blog. Um, 
Danielle Krissa. So she posted about my work. She actually introduced me to an art gallery in Vancouver where I was living. They started representing my work and I was just getting all of this opportunity kind of like falling in front of me for my art. And that was the point where I had the confidence, I had the time and I had, you know, enough work lined up to say, this is the, this is the moment to kind of take the leap. And now it's been two and a half years, almost three years. And it's like an endless amount of projects coming in. So I've been very blessed that way. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, I think that when it can be really scary to take the leap, but when you do that, you are giving yourself more time to explore and leaving yourself open to opportunities that you wouldn't have normally been able to because you're, you have a full-time job or you have these other obligations. Um, so I think it's scary, but your work can grow leaps and bounds when you do it. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, like investing the time and the energy. Um, it's sometimes you have to pay money or pay time in order to make, you know, make money and to grow mm-hmm. a business. So it was just coming to terms with that and recognizing like as much effort as I put into it, I will be getting out. Yeah. And that's been, that's been the equation so far. <laughs> yeah. Taking it to, you know, this past year with COVID and all of the pandemic and how our lives have just been so fundamentally changed due to it. I know that, you know, you've said travel is something that you like to do, but I mean, travel is not really in the cards now mm-hmm. and it wasn't yeah. over the past year. So how did you sort of scratch that itch to travel and find new landscapes? And how did that sort of shift your work during this time that we're all sort of supposed to be at home? Um, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a struggle. I know it's been a struggle for everyone. Um, my family, basically everyone besides one brother is all in Canada. Um, my husband's family is all in Australia. And when we moved to LA, we thought it's a quick three hour flight back home to see family if I get homesick. Mm-hmm. And then the borders closed. <laughs> so, and you know, I, I know some people were able to do the two week quarantine and to make it work and travel back and forth, but I have a toddler and responsibilities and it just wasn't, it wasn't a part of what I could do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it led to first being able to just really lean in on my own family, on my husband and my son and really grow as a family unit. Not that we already weren't strong, but this last year we've had to just rely 100% on one another. And that's been a pretty beautiful experience to share. It also made us realize like there's got to be some silver linings here. You know, there's got to be something that we can find from the chaos that is in 2020. So being new to California, we thought there's so much that we still need to go see. We both love Palm Springs. We were actually married there. So um, we did a few trips down to Palm Springs, which actually led to a commission project with one client, which I, it was just a dream project. I've always loved mid-century architecture, and, and he has a house that's a, a Ronald Wexler house. It's beautiful. Um, and I ended up getting to work on... Uh, custom painting of his home with these beautiful desert mountains in the background. So that was really cool because we had the opportunity and the time to actually drive down to go and spend a weekend up there and and see his property. And that was pretty amazing. And then we also were looking at the map and thought, okay, what places can we drive to? Because we're definitely not going to get on a plane. Mm -hmm. Um, And that led to a pretty big road trip for, you know, us with a two and a half year old. We went to Yosemite, um, Lake Tahoe, and Alabama Hills, and just road trip the whole way through. And that was just 
spectacular. That gave me enough, you know, material to work off of for a year, if not much more. <laughs> yeah. How um, did that inspire new imagery in your work? You mentioned going to Palm Springs, so you've been able to incorporate architecture into your your newer pieces. Is that something that you're going to continue? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I've been doing, I've been making more time for experimental work, which typically, you know, about like 90% of my paintings and illustrations are custom, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. But it also means that I don't have a lot of time to come up with new ideas just for myself. So um, I really tried to make time for that this year. And a lot of that became the kind of hybrid between mid-century architecture and then these like lush, immersive, beautiful environments. Um, and thankfully my husband and I both have the same taste in architecture. So we made a habit of it. And, you know, in the evenings after we'd finished work, we'd get in the car, drive around Los Angeles, go look at like some of these incredible homes, um, you know, from the fifties and sixties, mm -hmm. they're just such beautiful, clean lines. And then they have like, you know, towering palm trees and mountain views behind. And I was just thinking like, this is the perfect hybrid of my work. You know, again, it's that parallel or not the parallel, but it's the um, contrast between the hard, crisp edges of the mm -hmm. architecture. And then these like beautiful, lush, you know, organic environments that they're, they're in. So I've been experimenting with it at home. I've been working on a few different paintings and illustrations here. And yeah, it's slowly leading to some more architectural projects, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned earlier that you were interested in architecture. Um, yeah. Like becoming an architect. That's right. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the path that I'm hoping to kind of take next is going down and doing more installation work, more like 3D sculptures, thinking about environmental design. So like, how can I apply my artistic treatment to wrapping buildings and that kind of thing, because after doing a few large scale projects, I've just realized like, A, that's something that I'm comfortable with, which a lot of artists don't actually like working at that scale, but because of my art direction background and working in an event branding, that was something that I got to experience. And it's just really interesting how use of color and like branding and graphics can completely transform the way that you feel within a space. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of my goal is to do more of that, like installation, interactive work. Is that something with you that you're experimenting with, like in your studio space, or do you have any any experimental areas sort of lined up? Yes, I've been working on quite a few proposals. Um, so there's one that I'm like, fingers crossed will come through. Um, that would be a, a really big project, basically wrapping like an entire, well, a few buildings, um, which would just be so incredible because, you know, working on these geometric mountains, I've always wanted to see what they would be, oh, not life-size, but almost at life-size, you know, yeah. to really feel that sense of scale. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on a few proposals for that. And then um, I mentioned earlier, my brother, I have one brother who does live in LA and he's actually an architect. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And he does the most incredible homes. He designs just beautiful homes. Um, and we've talked a lot about collaborating and kind of merging you know his skill with mine and and doing some some projects which we actually have done a few projects together already but just on a bit of a smaller scale yeah but that's kind of one path i'd love to to go further down yeah it's really exciting 
Well, I'd like to switch gears here and talk about, you know, you've got all these great projects, you're experimenting, um, but you're also a mom. And, you know, I think you talk a lot about like juggling being a mom and your studio work. Can you just kind of elaborate on that and maybe give some tips or anything that's worked well for you for any parents that might be listening? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, honestly, when I when I first found out I was pregnant with my son, it came a few years earlier than we had planned. <laughs> Um, and so I kind of had to come to terms with what that might mean for me in order, like, you know, sacrificing some of the projects and things that I was hoping to build for myself before becoming a mom, <laughs> thinking that, that, you know, that was the, the last time slot I had before gears would change. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how becoming a mom also made me realize, like, the, how we prioritize our time and what, what is important for not just know our child's happiness but our own happiness as an individual because that plays into how we parent and I just you know realized that doing art and creating art is just so vital for me and vital for my happiness that even when my son was you know a month old two months old I actually had my first huge art show wow <laughs> like a three when he was three months old and I had to create five new pieces of like five new paintings um, in those first three months. And for most people, they're like, you should be sleeping. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and for me, I was like, you know what? I need this more than sleep. This is my passion. This is what makes me who I am. And it's not just about a job. It's about like making time for that. Um, whether it means, you know, nursing your child in one arm while you're painting or, you know, mm -hmm. you make it work. So recognizing what's a priority and um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm naturally a giver and I, I often put my child, my husband, the family's priorities ahead of my own and becoming a mom made me realize like that, that kind of like martyrdom is not actually serving me mm -hmm. and recognizing, you know, like it's just as vital that I make time for myself. So, you know, we found a home that had a home studio um, I've said, you know what, I'm paying for this portion of rent. This is me. This is my closed door. This is my environment. And um, I'm just going to make time for it. And I think that's what I would tell people who are either nervous to become parents or who are parents trying to figure out how to juggle it. You just make time. You just like, if it's that important to you, you find it, even if it's during their naps, if it's, you know, saying to your partner, if you have a partner, like, you know, a few hours in the evening, I need to be doing this on these days of the week. We're ordering food in. I'm not touching dinner. You know, <laughs> like I'm not making dinner. Just prioritizing it. And now it's a really exciting stage because my son's become a toddler. So now it's actually sharing that experience with him, bringing him into the studio with me and having him, you know, like help clean paint palettes. Oh, that's and... perfect. Put him to work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was just thinking, you know, like my own mom is an artist. So I was raised in that environment. And that's what allowed me to have the creativity and ultimately led me down this path. Mm -hmm. So rather than seeing it as like a hindrance or feeling guilty, recognizing that it's a strength and it's something that's like beautiful to share with your children. So is he creating work while you're creating work? <laughs> we're almost at that phase <laughs> um he is still kind of curious about putting stuff in his mouth oh, gotcha. so, <laughs> um thankfully I work with acrylics and not oils so it's not quite as harmful but um 
he does do crafts and we make time for that. We'll experiment with a few different pieces together. Um, one thing that we've been doing is like pressed paint. Mm. So I'll get Ziplocs and I'll put um, paper or like little canvases inside and um, paint blobs and we'll press them inside of the Ziploc. So it's very clean. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll do little projects, but I can't wait till he's a few years older and just actually like creating work together would be so cool. Yeah. And that'll, that's really fun for you. And then it's so formative for him, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So if you're worried, if you're wanting to become a parent and um, you think that you have to give up all of these things that you're super passionate about, I would just say, don't, <laughs> you know, and don't feel guilty. That's the biggest thing that I always hear from parents who are, you know, um, stay at home parents who are working a side job as well. And they just think, oh, I always feel so guilty that I'm not giving my kid 100% of my time. It's like, if you're fulfilled, and your child sees that, and you're sharing that fulfillment with them, and you'll show them, you know, like, this is what mommy's working on. That's a blessing for them too. Yeah. Well, Elise, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. That's been a big um, part of how I get new clients. So um, it's just at Elise Dodge, which is E-L-Y-S-E and then D-O-D-G-E. Um, and then on my website, I've got a shop on there for a bunch of my prints and some of my paintings as well. So that's just, again, my name.com. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then I... I'm on a few other platforms too, like Pinterest and that kind of thing, but that's all linked to my website so people can find me there. Great. Um, and then I'm actually going to be at a few galleries as well. So this summer is going to be pretty busy. I've got um, a, a few paintings being shipped down to Whistler to a gallery called Adele Campbell. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a new partnership we just formed like a month ago. So that's pretty exciting. So some of the paintings you can see I'm, yeah. are going to go to her. And then um, the Corey Helford Gallery in LA. I'm oh, going to yeah. do a show with them in August. So, and then I also have a baby coming in August too. So oh my gosh. August is a busy month. Another show, another baby. <laughs> History's repeating itself. I was like, what? this is a really bizarre occurrence every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that all sounds so exciting. You've got a very busy summer plan. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. And yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. I hope that you enjoyed the latest episode of the Top Artist Podcast. Thanks to Elise for chatting with us. If you like what you hear, please rate our podcast and leave a review. Yes, we do read them. This is the last episode of season one. We're taking a short break and we'll be back in August with season two, where we're exploring the season long theme of impact. We'll be talking to artists whose work is making an impact, be it through their community, the environment, or the art world at large. We're really excited about it and hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, be sure to watch our feed for some podcast extras leading up to season two.